This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel for today is taken from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And it is of fundamental spiritual significance. It's one of those moments in the Gospels when the heart of the matter is laid bare. The essence of the spiritual life is there. And therefore, it behooves us to reflect upon it with great care. Here's how the passage begins. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. For your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Put that line on your computer as your screensaver. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. According to the Bible, the most basic spiritual problem is fear. We're afraid. And so we cling to ourselves and our prerogatives. We're afraid, and therefore we lash out at others. We're afraid, and therefore we keep the world at bay. Here we have now God himself telling us not to be afraid. The very source of existence, the creator of all things, the one who can guarantee eternal life is telling us Don't be afraid. And then he specifies why. Your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. If this could sink into our souls, our lives would be changed, period. Most of us think the kingdom of God is something we have to earn through our good works. If I'm sufficiently upright, I might convince God, who's otherwise indisposed to give gifts, to give me what I want. How many of us enter into just that kind of calculating relationship with God? If I do this, then you might do that. If I'm up to your standards, then maybe you who are very grudging in your gift giving might give me a gift. But that's getting it precisely backwards. What if we really believe what Jesus says here, that God wants to give us his life, that he delights in doing so, that he is in his own most reality, gracious love. And doesn't the Bible teach us that over and over again? In the Old Testament, it's chesed, tender mercy. In the New Testament, God is love. What I'm talking about is what the spiritual teachers call the principle of grace. God's love comes first and everything else flows from that love. That's it. That's the principle of grace. 
It's from beginning to end of the Bible. It's the heart of the spiritual life. When we get it backwards, we often do. What results? Fear. That's how it works. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid because your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. He wants to share his life. When we get it backwards, I've got to earn it. I've got to deserve it. I've got to merit it. Then trouble comes. Fear comes. Now, what follows from the principle of grace when it sinks right down to the bottom of your heart? Jesus says, sell your belongings and give alms. See, once we realize that life is entirely a gift, then we're inspired to make of our lives in turn a gift to others. What have we received? Precisely everything. Existence, life, body, blood, energy, talent, All of it, every bit of it, is a grace. And so we should stop playing the pathetic game of clinging to it and fussing over our rights to it, defending it at all costs, and learn how to give it away. What you've received as a gift, Jesus says, give as a gift. There's the spiritual life. What you've received as a gift, that means the principle of grace. Everything you receive is a gift. Now, Give it away. Let me illustrate this uh, paradox with perhaps a silly example. When I was a kid, I was maybe oh, five or six years old, my mother was trying to explain to me the difference between a blood relative and a relative by marriage. So I just come from a big family gathering of all my aunts and uncles and my grandmother and everyone. And she was trying to explain that difference uh, between the relatives. So she said, Well, for example, your Aunt Margaret, she's your blood relative because you have her blood in you. But her husband, Uncle Art, he's he's your relative by marriage. You don't have any of his blood in you. So I was kind of grasping this. I said, well, what about my grandmother? She said, well, sure, sure, you have her blood in you. And how about about Uncle Charlie? Yeah, yeah, you have his blood. But Aunt Elaine, no, no, she's relative by marriage. You don't have her blood in you. And then this began to bother me, and I said, well... Do I have any blood of my own? <laughs> my mother said, well, yes, it's all your blood. <laughs> See, and I know it's a silly example, but the paradox is our existence, which is really ours, is at the same time entirely a gift. It's entirely from someone else, namely from God. It's ours. It's your life, but it doesn't belong to you. It's your existence, but it's there as a gift to you. And that's why you should feel confident in giving it away. Now, notice how Jesus lays out the spiritual physics involved. You know, I use that phrase a lot because I think it's important. Physics names the basic laws that obtain in the the physical order. The, The laws of cause and effect and so on. Well, there's something, I think, true in the spiritual order. There are certain laws of cause and effect. You do this, something will happen. Well, here's how Jesus lays out the spiritual physics. He says, provide money bags for yourself that do not wear out. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach or moth destroy awaits you. See what he means? Nothing in this world is inexhaustible. 
everything in this world eventually fades away. Anyone listening to me who's lived past the age of, oh, say, 35, knows this is true in his or her own body. The things of this world, including our own being, our own existence, they fade away. So don't cling to them. Rather, surrender your life to that rhythm of grace, giving away what you've received. And then, here's the spiritual physics. You will find yourself linked up to the eternal source. Then you will find the inexhaustible treasure in heaven. Receive the gift, then give the gift, and you will get more. I know I've said it to you before, but there's the Bible in a nutshell. There's the message of the Bible. Receive the gift, then give it, and you'll get more. The tragedy, of course, is that we live in precisely the opposite way. Again, just go back, you know, through your day. It's a good way to examine your conscience at the end of the day. Or go back over the, the years of your life. How much of our time is spent clinging and grasping and battling for primacy? We convince ourselves that we've merited and deserved and earned a whole array of things. Whether it's our money, it's our privilege, it's our titles, it's our prerogatives, it's our status in society. And then when we don't get the praise that we think we're due, we don't get the remuneration we think we're due, then we're outraged. Then we fuss about it. And listen, we tend to live in fear because of it, don't we? Will I hang on to my money? Will I be as popular now as I am today? Will I be as successful as I am now? Are they giving me what's due to me? Ask yourself honestly how much of your time is spent fussing about precisely those things. What happens is we tend to fall into a depression. And then we lash out violently. You owe me something. You're not giving it to me, so I'm going to get you back. I deserve a greater status, a greater title, and you're not giving it to me, so I'm going to get you back. I'll undermine you when you want something similar. The gospel message is we're owed nothing. Everything is a gift. And so relax and learn how to give your life away. What if you woke up in the morning not fussing about privileges, prerogatives, treasures on earth, but you woke up thinking, now, what are my opportunities today to love? What are my opportunities today to make of my life a gift? I guarantee you, your life will change. Listen, by the way, to how the gospel presents this negative stance I've been talking about. Jesus is telling this story about the servant who is expecting his master's return. If that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, he begins to beat the men servants and maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk. Well, see, here's the scenario. Here's the, the servant. He's waiting for his master to come, but, but the master's delayed. So what does the servant do? Puts on airs, becomes violent, becomes self-indulgent, starts abusing people around him. That's what happens when you're cut off from the source of life. 
you're cut off from the source of existence. You become, again by a kind of spiritual physics, you become violent, fearful. But who's the good servant in Jesus' parable? He's the one who awaits the master's return. That's a beautiful symbol for the anticipation of grace. See, think about it. If life is a gift, everything's a gift. What's our proper attitude toward God? Not so much demand. You owe this to me. I've got this coming. No, no, none of that makes sense. The proper stance is gratitude for what's been given and expectation for what might be given. Paul says, dedicate yourself to thankfulness. Well, that's, that's a huge part of it. I mean, dedicate your whole life to gratitude for what God's given you. But now also live in hopeful anticipation. Because remember, remember, the Father delights in giving you the kingdom. So wait, expect. There's the good servant living in anticipation of grace. Now, look how the story comes to its climax. It's really wonderful. and It's summing up everything I've been saying. When the master returns, Jesus says, and finds this loyal servant, he will have him recline at table and proceed to wait on him. Now that, I think, confounds almost everyone's religious expectations. Here now, God is portrayed as our servant. If we anticipate his grace, we live in that stance of openness, then when he comes, he will wait on us because he is pleased to give us the kingdom. Let these images, these ideas sink deep into your heart. And I guarantee you, your spiritual life will be revolutionized. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.